Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, Nick and I analyze the Ubisoft and Disney showcases. We also shine a light on the Sony vs. Microsoft Call of Duty beef. You can also catch this episode on YouTube. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. And thank you for joining us again on another episode of Pressing Buttons. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Uh, enjoying our little video game takes. Um, before we start this episode, just a quick reminder. I was able to edit and upload the EVO 2022 video. It is now up on our YouTube. It's about uh, 17, 18 minutes of pure EVO footage from the convention center. Um you can see Nick there, you can see our friend Mitch, aka Brooklyn Dad there, and then you can see me there as well. We had a lot of fun um, recording the video and then just walking around in the convention center. And might I say, like, watching the footage over again, um, it makes me really, really want Street Fighter Six, just because I got to experience it and then just um, watching the footage of, of myself playing it. Um, just brought back like, oh man, I can't wait to have that game. And I'm not a big fighting game uh, person, but like, I want that game in my hands. I want to be able to play it and practice it and get ready for the next Evo. Maybe I, so when we join, we can uh, make something of ourselves. Yeah, and that was the that was the best possible angle I could get for that footage. Like, <laughs> I was gonna, I it was like really cr- it was really cramped. Like I, when I was watching the video, I'm like, man, that like. Who is this video guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was me. That was the best I could do though. Like it was just like a really cramped. Uh, well, it also did space where people there was like a bunch of different setups and also you and the guy that you were playing. I think the guy you were playing was like actually like even like much larger than you. Yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> like, say. Like the, the dude like, I was playing. Space there. The dude I was playing against, he was like just as tall as me, just a bit bigger. Um, so there was definitely not a lot of space to get some good footage. So I commend you for uh, for getting a lot of footage at my back and <laughs> of Street Fighter yeah. Six. But Strong yeah, that, back. the angle definitely uh, is a little bit from the right side. So, but it, I, I think you you were able to capture a, a good amount of of the the fight. Um, and it, it it's done yeah, very well. Great. Even yeah. even though it's like you know off screen you know cam footage or whatever like. The game still looks great in motion, so... Yeah. So we, we had a lot of fun at EVO 2022. Can't wait to do it again. Uh, EVO Tokyo. So um, we'll, we'll... You know, like like we said last week and, and a couple of weeks back, it's, it's something we want to do. We want to kind of try to make more of these conventions um, for video games. Or just anything that has to do with video games and comics and just pop culture stuff that we like. Stuff that you guys are, are fans like... Um, and just record that stuff and, and put it up there. Um, so we're glad uh, that the, the first video is out, and hopefully we get more videos, uh, better quality. Definitely, it's it's a we're learning as we go because we're definitely not the best videographers, but I think we did a good job. So good job, Nick. I think that was the first. That was probably the first video I've ever recorded in my life. Yeah, like with that style. Like I don't. That's not my thing. Yeah, so. we learned some things. I I gave you some tips. You. Did not give me any tips, but that's fine. Well, I don't, I don't. It looked fine to me, but so, but I'm not, I'm not the right person to be giving tips out. So, yeah. yeah. All right, but yeah, that's what the YouTube comments are for. That. <laughs> Please don't leave any mean comments. Um, but yeah, great, great stuff. Make sure you guys check out YouTube or YouTube pressing buttons to be able to watch that video. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys will enjoy it. And thank you again. All right, and then uh, let's just uh, start right off with our video game news. First thing we're going to talk about is Ubisoft Forward. Uh, We talked about it last week, uh, just kind of what we were expecting coming out of uh, this event that Ubisoft was hosting um, to show off their future games, mostly uh, Assassin's Creed. Definitely, I think you and I are in the same kind of mindset that it was kind of a disappointment just because... There wasn't really a lot of... Exactly. This is why we have the soundboard. (laughs) But it was definitely a bit of a disappointment in terms of the footage shown and just the the path that they have uh, for the future of Assassin's Creed. They kind of... They showed off a CG trailer for Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is the next uh, main installment for Assassin's Creed. Um, They also showed off... um, 
kind of like a little video for uh, Assassin's Creed Red, which is supposed to be their Assassin's Creed set in feudal Japan, which people have been clamoring for, I guess, since like the second or third year of the Assassin's Creed franchise. It's one of those that they always wanted. Um, they also did something called for Assassin's Creed Hex, which is supposed to take around... Um, supposed to take place around um, the Salem Witch Trials and stuff like that. And then the big one was Assassin's Creed Infinity, which we all thought was kind of like a game that's supposed to just do different Assassin's Creed franchises all together in the same world. But it just seems to be like a hub where you can get all your Assassin's Creed stuff. So we're still a bit in the dark about that. Um, your thoughts on this Assassin's Creed stuff from the Ubisoft forward, Nick? I know you have good thoughts. Not really. I mean, I'm not a big Assassin's Creed fan, and and this is like a lot of a lot of stuff to announce, like all at once. Um, so it was like five games, or you know, four or five games. I don't know. Maybe one of them is like a mobile title. So, um, so it's a lot of stuff. Uh, it's hard for me to like even figure out what a, what a lot of this is. So, um, I didn't see anything that got me more interested in the franchise, I guess is like another way to put it. Um, if anything, it just kind of like reinforces like Ubisoft's approach of just like launching way too much, way too many games for the same franchise. So, cause I kind of, it kind of sounded like they acknowledged that they were like, Oh wow, we're like milking these franchises way too much. And we need to like pump the brakes a little bit and revisit how, um, we're actually developing these games. And, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like Assassin's Creed, it's going to return to form and whatever. And, but, like, that's kind of not at all what <laughs> what this was. Like, to me, it's just like, hey, here's, you know, five games over the next, you know, however many years. Um, and then the only thing, that, the only one that looked, looked maybe kind of cool to me was the, um, uh, what is it, Assassin's Creed Red or... Wait, yeah, it's, it's codenamed Red for now, which Co is the one set in, in feudal Japan. Yeah, and then, um, but to me, it's almost like too little, too late because I feel like Ghost of Tsushima basically is more or less that game. And you know, what are they going to be able to do that's better than that? Like, I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to create a better, a better game than that. Other than like, you know, kind of try to tie it in with the overall Assassin's Creed lore, which I, you know, I'm not a big fan of to begin with. So, so I guess those are my thoughts. Um, well, not much to get excited about. Well, I must, I myself being a, a big Assassin's Creed fan, yeah, Assassin's Creed fans being such a fan of the lore and the franchise and the assassins and just um, all the worlds that they explore, all the all the parts of the world that they explore. I I was very disappointed just because it didn't really show anything. Um, I know they they kind of don't want to um, saturate the market with all this Assassin's Creed stuff, which is why they kind of skipped this year and they're pushing it to next year, but. For that, they could have just, like, not announced anything um, just because they just showed CG trailers. They showed information on what they want out of the future of the franchise, but they didn't really show much else in terms of gameplay, in terms of anything new for the franchise going forward. I am excited that Mirage is kind of going back to the roots, um, and it will be more stealth gameplay. It will be more... Uh, basically down to the basics Assassin's Creed instead of all that XP grinding and action stuff, um, which is at the root of its core. I think that's what makes Assassin's Creed great, the, the stealth stuff, uh, the stealth aspect of it. And, you know, you, you just kind of going in and, and being this stealth assassin and killing people and being a hidden part of, of uh, history. So um, it didn't really do much for me in terms of anticipation for the future. Obviously, I'm excited to, to play whatever game comes out, but it's, it's not one of those where I need to have it for um, day one, like like I used to with, with a lot of their their games, like 3 and, and uh, Black Flag and, and stuff like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see if, if they pique my interest once we get more information on these. But definitely the Infinity reveal, which was like one of, like I think the major part of this reveal, didn't really say anything. Um, and I think that disappointed me and a lot of other fans as well. So uh, I would give that a C. A C or a C minus. We'll see. Um, they also discussed a, a couple other things. They had Mario Rabbit's uh, Sparks of Hope, The Division Heartland, 
Skull and Bones, and a, a sneak peek at uh, Mythic Quest Season 3, which is their TV show that they they work with on Apple uh, TV, Apple Plus, or whatever that's called. Um, any of the other things interest you that, that, that you had your eye on? And, uh, that you had your eye on? I know you're a big Mythic Quest fan, such as myself. Yeah, that was the highlight, uh, oddly enough, uh, of the games. This game showcase was actually the television series that's about a fictional game developer, so very excited about season three of Mythic Quest. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think Skull and Bones. <laughs> we've, we've been talking about that game for a while. Like I think that's their kind of next big game um, that comes out later this year. Uh, still, kind of don't know what you really do. They emphasized like ship customization. Uh, and it's like, okay, but like, what are you, what are you doing? Like what, what's the rest of the game? So I thought it was kind of weird that, you know, one of the first things that they're talking about is like ship customization as opposed to just like what the game is actually, what the game is actually about. Um, so I didn't really learn anything. I mean, it, it like looks great. So, you know, I, I think at a minimum it might not be, um, too similar to my impressions of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where it's like, wow, this game, this game looks awesome, but it's just like not something that I'm super enthused to play. Uh, I did play, you know, as we've talked about just Ubisoft more broadly. I think I've um, I've mentioned that I did I did like playing the Division Two. I think it kind of, um, you know, I, I did play it for quite a probably like close to a hundred hours, so that's like a pretty big, pretty big time investment for me. Um, so I did play a lot of that. Uh, I didn't get really excited at all about this expansion. Um, so yeah, they talked about the division heartland. Um, I think maybe I just have like my New York, like East coast binders on where like, I'm like, okay, like New York's cool. You know, DC was cool. Like, do I want to plan some random, you know, city and in Iowa or Nebraska or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm from Missouri, so I feel like I, I get, I have the right to be able to shit on that. <laughs> so, uh, so to me, I'm whoa, just whoa, like, whoa. Uh, we're not maybe, trying to maybe. alienate our Midwestern, uh, middle America people. So watch yourself. I don't think anyone from middle America <laughs> listens to this podcast. Like, we've seen that. We've seen it in the data. It's, uh, uh, probably. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, just po- just fun fact, podcast more broadly, I think it's very uh, focused on like the coasts, um, just for all all podcast listeners, not just our podcast. Uh, so I'm not I'm not too worried about you know audience churn uh, based on that comment, but I don't know. I just you know so the, the division two, I guess, just in a nutshell, it's it's a it's a game that I did like. Um, I haven't really played with it in, in a while. Um, and what I saw didn't really give me, you know, didn't get me excited to go back into it anytime soon. So, so overall, like, um, which we kind of predicted, uh, I mean, to me, this, this whole Ubisoft forward event, like exactly met my expectations, which was like almost like, like nothing not, to look not forward event. to. Yeah. 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 Just like, it's like not really an event. Like the skull and bones thing was you know, nothing basically. And then I guess we learned a lot more about like Assassin's Creed titles or they confirmed like a lot of the rumors that were out there, but like didn't really show anything about the games. So I don't know. I mean, what, what else? There's just not a lot. I guess if you're, if you're a Mario, you know, Rabbids fan, I guess that was good to to learn more about that title. But I mean, I know a lot of people really, really like that game. Um, did you play the, I think you played the first one, didn't you? Yes, uh, I, I was able to play the first one. My girlfriend also really, uh, my girlfriend at the time really enjoyed it. Um, it's a good starter, RTS, I think. And, you know, with the Mario characters and the Ravage characters, I think it's, it's pretty fun. Um, honestly, I think that got more hype than anything else. Um, the Division Heartland, I been a big division fan since the first one i also bought the second one but it kind of died down after a bit just because they didn't really have end game con- content um to support really hard where people would just get bored really easy of of their offerings skull and bones i still think um 
there was there is no need for this game. I I know it's based off of uh, Black Flag and the ship combat that they had in there. Um, it's probably gonna be like a thirty or forty dollar game, hopefully, just because I can't see anybody spending seventy dollars on this game, which is very niche. It's a niche crowd. I think maybe if you're a Sea of Thieves fan, I can see you buying this. Um, but even then, you still have to love uh, ship combat a lot to, to kind of get into this and then mythic quest uh season three i'm excited for that um didn't know if they if it got picked up uh when season two ended so i, I was kind of on the fence about that just because it kind of left at a, at a very nice uh, cliffhanger so i was hoping it would and it did get picked up so i'm excited for that but like you said it's not a not a kind of good big event from Ubisoft. They didn't really offer anything. They just kind of... Everybody knew all of this going into into the event, so there was no need to make a big showcase out of it. But it being down, a down year in terms of showcases and events uh, that these publishers have the the ability to, to showcase their stuff at, I can see why they were like, hey, let, let's do something so people know we're still here. But could have not done it, and I would have been okay too. It's still here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know that we didn't talk about every title. They had some other, you know, quick updates on. You know, there was like Just Dance and Trackmania and things like that. But like, we just don't really care about those titles. But it's, you know, it's those, those are very specific to certain people, and I, I don't think we're those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then do you just want to go ahead to? Uh, Go to the next one? Yeah. So uh, the next one we're going to talk about is D23, which is Disney's own version. It's uh, for for Disney stuff, you would say. Um, it's their own event. Um, they have it for Marvel. They have it for Star Wars. They have it for Disney+. Plus. They just kind of show off a lot of stuff. And they specifically had a showcase for their games. The main one being uh, Amy Hennig's new new game from uh, Skydance Media, which is going to focus on Captain America and Black Panther during World War II, along with two other uh, characters, one being a uh, World War II soldier and the other one being uh, one of the, I forget the name of this, but the fighting uh, elite uh, women's unit. Hydra? No, the fighting elite women's unit from Black Panther, the Taraji or the... the oh, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah so so it's gonna be basically a, a four character uh, action game. Um, they they only show like a brief uh, teaser CG trailer of it, um, and they, they told us who, who's gonna be in the game. I'm excited for that just because I trust Amy Hennig, and she said that if you played uh, um, Uncharted, her previous game, you can kind of get the feel of what that's gonna be. So I'm excited just to see a, a very marble. Uh, heavy action game that also focuses on the story. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, they also really um, announced the release date, the new release date for Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns, which they had pushed back. Now that's getting released December 2nd. They also showed some footage. Looks pretty good. Um, a new co-op Mickey Mouse game um, from Illusion Island. Uh, that one looks pretty f- uh, cool. I like the way that um, the the uh, art style is that one's coming exclusively to the Nintendo Switch, which I know Nick is very happy about. No, he's never not. playing that. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, Marvel Snap, which is their upcoming free to play card game um, that we've heard about, very similar to Hearthstone. The remastering Gargoyles uh, from the Nintendo, uh, I was gonna say the Nintendo Switch from uh, the Super Nintendo. I'm a big Gargoyles fan, so that. Gets that, I thought it was just on Genesis. Was it on Super Nintendo too? Yeah, I think I played it. It might, I might be wrong, okay. but I, I believe I played it on Super Nintendo. But I'm excited for that. I'm a big Gargoyles fan. They should bring that franchise back. Um, they also talked about Disney Dreamlight, which is their um, Disney meets Animal Crossing type game. Um, it's getting a new realm next year. Uh, I mean, later this year. Uh, Focus on Toy Story. And then they also talked about some Avatar stuff. Out of all of this, obviously, um, my biggest uh, thing that I lo- I'm looking forward to is Amy Hennig's new game. Uh, very big fan of Captain America and Black Panther. Um, and this being said in World War II, with uh, the current age's uh, Black Panther's grandfather, I'm excited to see what story beats they kind of take to, you know, got to fight the Nazis every time. 
Um, and then the other thing was the the new co-op Mickey Mouse game. Even though it's only coming to Switch, I'm excited for it just because I like the art style. Um, and I can't wait to see what more they bring in, into the into this genre. What about you? Any uh, Which one of these announcements or just games uh, kind of drew your eye the most? Yeah, I want to see um, I want to see more from the Amy Hedda game. Uh, I think that could be cool. Uh, I think that was basically leaked. Uh, it was either like earlier in the week or maybe like a couple weeks ago. So there was some rumors floating around that the new game from Skydance New Media uh, was going to be some sort of you know collaborative game with Captain America and Black Panthers. So it would have been a little bit cooler if if that wasn't you know, basically leaked, but, uh, it sounds like a cool concept. So, you know, I just want to see, see more from that. Um, so hopefully that'll be, that'll be good. Um, and also like maybe we'll get into D23 more broadly, but I'm not like super excited about a lot of the, a lot of like the movies. So like the, the movie side of Marvel in terms of getting like cool and engaging stories from the TV and, and movie side of things. So, <laughs> you know, so hopefully we see that it's like kind of resolved through some of these like games where there's like actually like cool stories getting told in the games. So well, there was a lot of stuff um, announced too for like you said the movie and TV side of it. They just kind of didn't release a lot of the trailers yet online. So maybe as the weekend goes on, uh, we'll we'll see more of that. Yeah. So what? So yeah, it's Sunday. You know, afternoon Eastern. As we're recording, like what I've like, I kind of looked through all the all the different updates or whatever. Um, maybe we can get into that more later during like, closing thoughts or something like that. But like, I just haven't seen anything that's like, oh yeah, like that's gonna be you know super exciting. Um, other than that, like Marvel's Midnight Suns, and I think we might have talked about this before, but like I've always fallen into this trap of being like. Like real like real time strategy or like those you know those those strategy um, titles, I always buy them and then I play them for like two hours and then and then stop playing them. Um, so like I'm I'm gonna be like cautiously optimistic. Like this could be like a great game, but I just found like that this genre for me like often isn't isn't a good match. But um, it looks cool. Um, if it ends up being just like you know like a great title and it's maybe like a little bit more kind of friendly to people who like aren't really super deep into that genre um maybe it's something that i'll get you know i'll, I'll pick up over time i think uh real quick with with those rts games I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where like i'll i'll play them but then i get bored of them easily but there are certain ones that'll draw me in more like um fire emblem the whole aspect of you be, well, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the three houses you specifically like bonding with your classmates that you can recruit and stuff like that and doing the extra side activities to kind of get them to your side i think that's what kind of drew me in more um to, to play uh three houses which i ended up finishing and with this one obviously being set in the marvel universe and just having such a deep history and maybe like the ability to unlock costumes and stuff like that and just seeing the story. I think this one might draw me in more than let's say the original XCOM because it like I, I didn't know anything about XCOM and I wasn't necessarily a fan of the story that it told or, or whatever. So I think the, these do have more of a draw for us at least for people like us that do like Marvel um, stuff and, and, and just what they bring in terms of characters and and uh, lore and costumes. I think this will be more of a draw for us than a, like a regular XCOM would. Cool. All right. Hope that's the case. Um, and then maybe a couple other titles that I thought looked interesting. Um, so Marvel Snap is the the trading card game. I actually played that. Um, there was a some sort of like beta uh, or like network test that they did a while back. So I was able to play with that a little bit the i'm definitely not a trading card game guy like by any means like really the only time i've played those types of games is gwent specifically the version of gwent that's inside the witcher 3 and then uh triple triad and final fantasy 14 online like so it's like i've played 
card games inside of other games. But the I game with like the, the game. <laughs> I'm the yeah, same way. I've never been able, and like I've, I've, like I was like pumped when they're like, oh, we're gonna do a standalone version of Gwent, uh, and then I put, and I'm like, I just like they changed it in a way that like I just didn't like it, and um, so I've always been open to the idea of a standalone traded card game that I would get like really into, and this also didn't kind of like click with me Im- immediately, but I do want to like give it another try when it when it um, launches. I mean, it looks. It looks incredible, like it, like the amount of like animation and just like all the visuals and all the different cards. Like, so if you're a fan of trading card games and you're a fan of Marvel, like this seems like it's like about as as good as it gets. Um, I just need to play it a little bit more to see if I actually click with just like the fundamental uh, card game. Uh, for for Gargos, I actually never. Um, I was like a, I was like a huge fan of of the cartoon, uh, and I actually have like some Goliath like collectibles over here. So like I'm I'm, I'm a big nice. fan of this. I don't even know I don't even know if I like maybe I played the game. But like I certainly like don't remember there being like a Gargoyles game. Well, it's one of those um, you know you know with the '90s like that big era of Fox cartoons with Gargoyles, Spider Man, X Men, and all that stuff. They also had the big era of Super Nintendo and, and Genesis uh, video games where they had the Spider Man and X Men and Gargoyles. So I think that's that's why I remember playing it. Like you said, I don't know if it was for Super Nintendo or Ge- or Genesis, but I do it was, remember it was playing Genesis. Yeah, yeah, I do remember playing it, and I, I enjoyed it. Like you, I'm a big fan of, of uh, the the series. I think it, it was a very mature series for a uh, cartoon, just like what the topics it dealt with and just how it was animated, just like Batman the Animated Series was, just like X-Men was, um, and stuff like that. So I'm excited for this, just so, also for the fact that it's going to bring it back into the limelight, maybe where they can do something uh, with it, where they can make a, maybe make a new cartoon now that they're doing X-Men uh from the 90s or anything like that i'm excited for dry girls just for more people to experience it totally uh and then maybe a couple other couple other thoughts on on d23 uh disney dreamlight valley which maybe i'll cover a little bit in closing thoughts i've actually been i've been playing this and it's like kind of fun i mean it's 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 literally animal crossing meets you know disney um, and you know, I've only played it for like a couple hours, so maybe it gets like, it kind of loses its appeal pretty quickly, but for now it's just like kind of exactly what I thought it would be. And, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, it's just like, you know, again, kind of like, I, I, I feel like I use this term all the time now where maybe I'm like overusing it, but it's approaching that like kind of brain brainless game experience where you're just like, ah, I'm just like cleaning up some weeds and picking up sticks and, you know, <laughs> delivering picking up sticks. It's also like, it's awesome. Do you even play video games? Do you even want to play video <laughs> games? <laughs> well, no, I like, it's like a balance. You know, I, I like, um, on one extreme, I like the like brutally difficult, like, you know, pixel perfect execution type game. But sometimes I just want to like, sit down and you know just kind of like lose my mind uh playing something that's like pretty pretty easy so it just happens that i've been doing like a lot of those you know kind of games but um so i think it's more coincidental versus me you know it's 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 more them versus me i guess um (laughs) in terms of like those are the types of games that are getting released but uh but yeah so um they're doing a it's like a new toy story um kind of I don't know if it's like an expansion or whatever they're going to call it, but um, yeah, look, look kind of cool. You're basically just inside a Toy Story. Uh, the final thing was for Avatar, where it's it's like a they called it an MMORPG shooter, and it's like to me, it's like okay, is that it's got to be that's like Destiny, right? Or like what is that? What does that actually mean? And, I mean, it um, looks it looks like they lean more towards the MMO side of it not a first person shooter side of it so that's that's where i see it but also i completely forgot that avatar had guns until like what are these blue avatars well, doing that, with guns <laughs> that's that's what i that's what i wanted to get into where 
like what like why was why was avatar even so popular like i think it was just like this technical kind of marvel at the time and i think like 3d yeah let's 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 movies let's let's take a couple minutes to really quick digest avatar because i think you and i have the same thoughts on it it wasn't that great of a story it was like a simple dude goes to another planet falls in love with some random alien and then wants to become that alien to get with the girl that he falls in with the alien that he falls in love with simple story i think it's it was, basically titanic with aliens yeah it, mm-hmm. it was just i think the 3d and the technical aspect of it and the you know how great it looked that's what drew so many people in but i don't know i don't know what people's obsession with avatar is maybe we're just the the two wrongest people in the world but come on and then no and you just yeah, like it's like how do you translate that to like like what is there to build an MMO? Like I just don't get. Well, how you this translates to you an also MMO. just forget that like the other half of that movie is like the military or whatever or or the Earth people trying to take over this planet with guns and and ships and all that stuff, while the av uh, the Navi have arrows and winged creatures. Like it's you forget about all that, but it's it's just weird. It's a weird franchise and. I would understand if there was a deeper lore behind it, and maybe that's what the um, what they'll explore in the games, which is funny because Ubisoft and Disney are both working on games for it. Um, but you don't you, you don't get any of the history behind it. There, there hasn't been since the first movie came out. There hasn't really been anything that uh, any other type of media, like a cartoon or another movie or a web series or a book. That kind of dives more into the lore. So I don't know, man. I think you just need more of a background um, to kind of establish these other games. Like, I don't know anything about the world besides what I learned from the movie. I need to know more to kind of make more games out of it. I don't know. Yep, I agree. And then it started raining. Can you actually hear that? Oh, yeah, I can hear. I can hear that. Okay, the so there might, there might be some like. You know, just raindrops. It's it's just rain. It's just raindrops. I think it might just add to the atmosphere of the podcast, where it might actually just uh, you know, if people already weren't having trouble sleeping with us, maybe this will just like, yeah. accelerate. That, We're so. a soothing podcast. We're about to get put on one of those uh, sleep sleep uh, cycles playlists. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Avatar. I don't know what's wrong with you. That's it. Yeah, no, I agree. So I thought that was um, I don't know. Like, I'm, there's just like no way that ends up being good. <laughs> but uh, you know, well, well, I also it's just a, like don't like. I just like don't like the look of. Like, there's just like nothing visually interesting about the movie. Like, I don't like. I don't want to play as those characters. Like, they just look like weird to me. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just they're not even like cool looking aliens. I mean, I, I didn't watch the movie in theaters when it was in 3D, and I know that it was like the major aspect of it and i'm pretty sure right before the second one comes out they're gonna do some big re-release in 3d so i will try and go just so i can experience it but i don't think it's gonna draw me more to be like hey i want to learn more about avatar world it's it's just it's not intriguing enough for me to like and and we're big lore guys we like dark souls lore we like marvel lore we like you know any any type of lore that's very uh, deep rooted and has a long history, we like that lore. Um, so I, it's it's just not drawing me in. I think that that that's just the fact that it's just very plain to me. You know, I like James Cameron, uh, Terminator, and all that stuff. Great great guy, but just this is basic. Avatar is basic. Avatar is basic. All right, so that that does it for our thoughts on D23. Um, The next one we want to talk about, a big one kind of news um, with other companies, is the big Microsoft versus Sony uh, in regards to Call of Duty. Um, For those of you not aware, uh, Microsoft and Sony have been kind of, Phil Spencer specifically and uh, Jim Ryan have been kind of having a little war, war of words just because... Um, with Microsoft buying Activision uh, slash Blizzard, and then Sony having a contract deal or whatever it is with um, with them to kind of provide exclusivity 
uh, with Call of Duty DLC or just promotions or anything like that for the next couple of years, it's kind of thrown a big wrench in the system. I know um, with the courts and all that and the filings um, to try and, and make the acquisition go through, a lot of these things have come up. But the main thing was that um, the last week, uh, Phil Spencer kind of came out and said that, yeah, they're going to be supporting Call of Duty through PlayStation, through Sony uh, for years to come. And then Jim Ryan took exception to that, and he was like, hold on, hold on, years to come doesn't mean for a while, it just means three years, um, you don't technically see this kind of back and forth going on, especially when it comes to these uh, boardroom deals that they make, obviously Call of Duty is a big seller in PlayStation, PlayStation having a big, bigger market share in terms of consoles at home, um, and you can see why Jim Ryan would be upset at this. Um, there are a lot of differences between like console exclusivities. We all know like Halo's always going to be on Xbox and PC, and then like God of War or whatever is always going to be on con uh, on PlayStation. So it's it's very rare to see these two kind of executives kind of go at it, just because um, Sony knows how important Call of Duty is, even though Call of Duty isn't originally a, a Microsoft IP. Once Microsoft gets a hold of it, you can start seeing with them offering it on Game Pass saying that uh, Call of Duty along with Overwatch and Diablo are going to be coming to Game Pass. You can kind of see where the market could shift going to um, Microsoft and leaving uh, uh, PlayStation. It is a console seller. I don't know if people do that anymore, but uh, Jim Ryan, I think, in my in my opinion, has all the rights to be kind of upset about this. It is kind of weird just because they, they've had such a tight relationship with Activision Blizzard and PlayStation has sold more consoles. I wanted to get your opinion, especially uh, as kind of a finance guy, kind of money guy. Um, do you think this is right? Do you think they should fight more for it to kind of keep it on their uh, backyard? Or do you think this is just overblown nonsense? Well, I mean, it's not it's not nonsense. I think it's uh, it's a giant title, and a lot like the majority of people play that game on a PlayStation console. So, in in, a, in the event that goes exclusive, I think Sony's faced with a lot of potential unhappy PlayStation users. So, um, yeah, and Microsoft's kind of in this like insane, like bizarre situation where. Uh, they need to like they're <laughs> like they're trying to play like two, like two different complete angles like on from an antitrust and like regulation perspective they're like Activision sucks none of their games are good like we're gonna acquire them and it's like not a big deal and you know but like we, we <laughs> there's a reason they're buying them right and it's because they have like a lot <laughs> and and like they've already done <laughs> so like, funny they, so they, true. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they're they've already done this. Like I think Bethesda might have been, you know, maybe maybe it's like, I think Activision's you know obviously much bigger than than Bethesda, but that's another like big acquisition that was recently made, and um, I think they pretty you know clearly define that those games are you know going to be exclusive to Xbox over some period of time. They're gonna honor uh, you know whatever existing exclusivity deals um or more like marketing deals um that you know bethesda already in entered into so ghostwire tokyo i think is like a good example where i think that was a game that was developed by uh was it tank tango gameworks i think yeah i think they did that one right yeah, yeah. Tango then, you know so yeah they're they're owned by bethesda and they had this like exclusive so it's like they're gonna honor contracts once those contracts are over I think Xbox is going to have a clear bias for wanting to make as much content exclusive to the Xbox platform as possible. So then the question is specifically for Call of Duty, do they take the honor existing arrangements and then once it's once those are done, take it exclusive or do they keep it wide and, and available on every platform? Um that's a really hard business decision. Um, I think when we initially talked about the acquisition, um, I think we were, I think we both had this this mindset. Um, at least I did, where it's like, oh, Call of Duty is just so big that they're going to take the Minecraft approach, where it's just like, 
you know, for the same reason they didn't take Minecraft exclusive to Xbox, they would probably choose to take Call of Duty, um, take it down that same kind of path. But I don't know, it, it kind of seems like there's, you know, evidence to the contrary where maybe Xbox is more like, oh yeah, let's maybe where like Minecraft is more arguably like a platform as opposed to a game, whereas Call of Duty is more kind of like a traditional, you know, kind of game experience. Um, maybe the demographic, like the audience, yeah, is like another reason. Like, you know, so maybe they have like a lot of, you know, data points that suggest that it's better off for them to make it exclusive and get people to, you know, migrate to the Xbox platform. Um, so that's, that's the trade-off. Um, it's tough. Like, I don't, you know, they obviously have all the numbers, right, where they can clearly model, like, okay, well, if we keep it on PlayStation, we get this many billions of dollars, you know, through royalties on PlayStation sales. But if we take it exclusive, we think we get more people engaging in the Xbox ecosystem. And so that that's, like, the, the trade-off model that they need to, to work through. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Well, I mean, it's it's like you said. Um, there is a big difference between Minecraft that is kind of more geared towards everyone. Um, that's why it's on Switch. That's why it's on PlayStation, PC, Xbox, and Call of Duty, which is kind of going after the 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 same uh, demographic that Xbox is going forward. Because you don't see Xbox being like, "Oh, we're not gonna we're gonna keep Call of Duty off of Nintendo," which you know they don't have it, but it's. I don't think it would be a thing that they would be worried about, just because you wouldn't expect um, Call of Duty to do that well in, in Nintendo, uh, in, in any Nintendo system. So um, it is kind of concerning, just because you you do see what um, they did with Bethesda Studios in terms of uh, Starfield. Starfield is going to be Xbox exclusive, from what we know so far. Um, maybe down the road, if they see maybe the sales aren't that well or whatever it is, um, that you can see it coming to PlayStation. But it is concerning that um, they did say for the terms of the contract or whatever, we're going to, in good faith, we're going to do three years, at, um, specifically three years after that. That doesn't sound good. Um, I know right now there's not that big of a difference, but five years from now, if you do have that going where it's like, oh, you can only get Call of Duty on Xbox, you can kind of see more people who are big Call of Duty fans just, oh, I'll get a Xbox instead of a PlayStation because they have the exclusivity. So I can see both sides of it. Microsoft definitely uh, wants to have their side of it, which is one of the main reasons they bought they're, well, they're buying Activision Blizzard is because of Call of Duty and PlayStation on the other side is Call of Duty, even though it's not one of our first party franchises, it is one of our biggest franchises that sell so well and uh, and the DLC sells so well. So hopefully, I, I think the best thing would be if it doesn't hinder the acquisition process of uh of uh, Activision Blizzard to Microsoft just because that would be unfair. They have the money, they want to buy it or whatever. But on the other end, hopefully it also doesn't also hinder the um, relationship that Activision Blizzard has with uh, Sony to have Call of Duty over there and it's just that type of battle. Because I can understand first-party franchises, Halo, God of War, Last of Us, um... And, and such and those games staying exclusive to the franchises but these third-party triple-a games that you know that that these companies have i just don't like seeing that so hopefully it, it they squash whatever beef they have and, and microsoft realizes that they do make more money even if it was on playstation you're gonna make money anyways don't alienate your, your uh gamers because of it it might backfire too you, you never know you'd be like oh uh microsoft did this, so we're just gonna stick with PlayStation. You never know. I just we just need that need that beef to get squashed. We're, we're there for you. We can be beef squashers. We can be uh, mediators. <laughs> all right, so that does it for all the news um, uh, for this week. That the major news we wanted to discuss, and uh, we're gonna move right along to closing thoughts. Um, this week, I finally found a game to play. I know uh, the last couple of weeks I've been kind of up in the air, uh, not knowing what to do. But I final game to play. I've been playing Days Gone. It's a PlayStation game. It's 
a single player adventure game. Um, you ride a bike everywhere. Um, you're a motorcycle guy. Uh, it's very similar to The Last of Us. I know there was this big controversy uh, about a year ago because um, the developers, Bench Studio, wanted to make a sequel to Days Gone and PlayStation didn't um, really want to just because um, they didn't see the profit in it. And I can see PlayStation, uh, Sony side of it. Um, it's very similar to The Last of Us. The game itself is a bit buggy. Um, it's very generic in terms of the combat, the story. It's just, I can see why it's not a franchise. It's a standalone game, and I can see why Sony decided to move away from it and kind of just tell Ben Studio to just make a whole new game. Um, but it is a very fun game. Um, you play as this guy, Deacon St. John, such a great uh, protagonist name, who's in some parts of Oregon. There's like some virus outbreak. Uh, people are getting eaten left and right, and then you're just kind of a nomad with your motorcycle and your boy, uh, Boozer, uh, riding around Oregon and, and helping out these establishments or whatever. You know, what, what you would... This sounds, like, this sounds like our life. Yeah, what you would do in a pandemic. So you already know, Nick, if there's a pandemic or epidemic, uh, we would just get motorcycles and ride around New York City and figure it out. Um, Who's Boo- are, there, are you Boozer or am I Boozer? You're Boozer. Okay, I gotta see. I gotta check it out and see if that's actually cool or not. You're 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 second fiddle to my uh, protagonist story, <laughs> but yeah, it's a pretty fun game. But I can definitely see why uh, there was no green light for a sequel. Um, it it wasn't genre defining. It wasn't anything new. Um, I know they're making like a movie or a TV show about it. I think. Um, but it's a it's a fun game nonetheless. That I'm I'm having fun with it for now, and. Obviously, being in a drought of not knowing what to play, I'm glad I kind of started playing this. So you should check yeah, it I out. Thought it was, I thought it was bizarre that they're doing like some sort of yeah TV film. That yeah, that I found it's weird like too. no more no more of these games. But like, let's this the those translate it to like the super crowded zombie yeah the zombie apocalypse you know, kind of like, yeah virus like, thing so. is kind of it's too much at the moment. Um, yeah. It is uh, available on PlayStation uh, Plus collection if you if you have PlayStation Plus on PS5 for free, um, not the higher tier one. So I would recommend that if if you've never played it. Pretty fun game. It's for free, right? It's for free. <laughs> um, but not really. Well, it's it is for free. What do you mean? Is not it? really? No, you gotta you gotta you gotta. Oh, now you're taking the not really for free side after I've been <laughs> no, saying it for the whole Game Pass thing for a while. That's always, no, that's always been my angle. That's always been my angle. <laughs> All right, it's not really for free. But you gotta pay not, 16 it's plus. Not for free, yeah. you gotta, everyone, everyone playing Game Pass games is like, oh, you get it for free? And it's like, you don't get it for free. Yeah, Game Pass. All, right, all right, I've been telling you that forever, but whatever. <laughs> no. All right, let's move on to my second uh, closing thought is uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, season four finale. For those unfamiliar, What We Do in the Shadows is a, a show on FX. Um, it's based on like these vampires that have a documentary crew uh, running around filming them, much like The Office, but with vampires. Pretty funny show. It's based off of this movie by uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Uh, Jermaine Clement. Um, from uh, Flight of the Concords. Very funny show. It just ended season four. Um, it's a hilarious show. Uh, one of the actors in it, Matt Barry, he's a British hilarious guy. Um, you should check out his work if, if you haven't. And also I wanted to mention Taika Waititi, just a, a brilliant uh, creator, brilliant producer, writer. Um, why are you laughing so much? <laughs> you, I'm pretty confident you're not pronouncing his last name correctly. Waititi? <laughs> How do you pronounce his name? <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try to correct you. Right, anyway. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's uh, done a lot of work the last couple of years. Um, he's done a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, he's set to, to do his own Star Wars project pretty soon. Um, he has a show on HBO Max called Our Flag Means Death, which is LGBTQ plus friendly. A pretty good show. You should check that out if you haven't. Also, Reservation Dogs, which is um, Native American focused based on these uh, 
group of four teenagers uh, and their community. Pretty good show. Um, so check out what we do in the shadows. Check out our flag means death. Check out Reservation Dogs. Check out Thor. Um, I think they're all great things. Uh, good, good, good to see a, a very diverse uh, crowd, diverse shows uh, show out there. So pretty funny too. Pretty funny shit. And I think he's he's gonna do. Maybe you just said this, but he's he's doing new Star Wars. Yeah, he's kind of still uh, movie too, right? He's still find, uh, figuring out like what the concept is because he he said it in in some of his interviews, which I totally agree with. You don't want to do the whole Skywalker thing. You don't want to kind of do callbacks to the old movies. Um, I'm a big The Last Jedi fan just because it kind of tried to shoot the whole Star Wars system of the Skywalkers and all that stuff. Um, so, so like he's trying to do his own thing. That's still a bit ways off, but yeah. What about you? What are uh, your closing thoughts? What you been up to this week? Uh, still, still, you know, I guess the move update is I finally got all my stuff. Uh, so that was a, a big day to actually take delivery of all my things. Finally, yeah. does it does it not feel good yeah. to have like all your shit? Like when you don't have your shit. It, it, uh, it, it was getting exhausting because it was like several weeks of just this like cobbled together set up and we just didn't really have anything. Um, so I'm still like in progress. I had to like tear down my makeshift setup and I'm not like trying to pu- pull together my actual setup. So that's why there's you know nothing behind me because it's still still a work in progress. Um, I probably need like another week or two to like fully tidy everything up, but. Yeah, it definitely feels feels good. I mean, if anything, it's just so good to have my chair. Uh, it's like I didn't realize how much I would miss this thing. Like after sitting in a just like that random orange chair that we had uh, after sitting in that, you know, for three weeks, it was like killing my back. So, uh, so kind of like another another busy week with moving stuff. So I didn't play like a ton of games. Um, I did put in a little bit more time in Soul Hackers too. Uh, I don't really have too much more to add versus what I said last week. Um, so this is kind of like more of the same. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. Um, the other thing that I wanted, I wanted to check out that came out was, um, the, which we kind of already kind of spoiled this, um, when we're talking about the Disney showcase, but I did, um, for a couple hours played the Disney Dreamlight Valley game. Uh, it was... It's free on Game Pass. Uh, we'll see. I'm guessing you'll need to like pay for expansions or some some stuff. But um, there didn't appear to be like any onerous, you know, monetization model that's inside of it. So for now, I'm just kind of like doing random odds and ends in the game. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's just it's like it's it's literally Animal Crossing meets Disney you create your own kind of avatar and you're running around in this like village filled with Disney characters. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just like a fun, chill, chill game. So hopefully I'll get more into that later this evening. It might be one of those where they're trying to see like how well it does before they start monetizing it. Like really, really hard. Yeah. I think, I, we'll see. You know, the, there was definitely. I think Animal Crossing's always done like pretty pretty well for itself. For you know, kind of for what it is, and then it kind of had this like insane moment where the game came out at the early days of you know COVID and everyone being from home. So it kind of was this like phenomenon of just like everyone. You know, everyone's buying a switch everyone needs a game hey here's this game where you can kind of like socialize also everyone's in a a pandemic (laughs) yeah 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 so but i mean the the game's gangbusters so um so we'll be curious if there's like some conversion of people who you know like that kind of game and and maybe they can do um i think right now it's just on I, i can't remember which consoles it's on um I don't think it's on Switch yet, but it could could be running on that. Um, so I'm just playing it on my PC through through Game Pass, and yeah, have, have, having a good time. That's good. Uh, for now, it's on Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five. So oh, okay, so it's pretty much everywhere. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be real curious how this does because I think this is like a, um, well, I guess the first, like, the kind of large scale, like, hey, let's take exactly the Animal Crossing formula and just throw in a fresh coat of paint with a different IP and see how that works. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think, I think that's it. Uh, I need to catch up on, um, we now actually have a television, uh, where we can, like, we have like a setup for where we can actually watch TV together. So, which we basically haven't had since, since the move. So we now have that set up. Um, we've been wanting to watch, we got to finish Better Call Saul. So that's kind of like first. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, what's your first, uh, thing to watch? Yeah. Uh, Better Call Saul for sure. Uh, I feel like we got a ton of stuff to catch up on. Actually, what we do in the shadows is something that's been on my list for like forever. And you will do you, not, I mean, do you have like a read? Do you have like a read on? I think I think I'm gonna like it a lot. I just have never gotten to you it. You will not be disappointed, on? man. You, okay, okay yeah. we we pretty much have the same uh, obscure humor, so I think you'll enjoy it with how ridiculous it is. Okay. All right. Um. I think that's about it. And then, you know, after a couple of, um, you know, like a lot of these uh, gaming showcases have been kind of just kind of like, okay, I think this week, I think this week is going to be, I think Tokyo Game Show. TGS is is looking very prime. Is going to be good. Yeah. And maybe not even like a ton of new, you know, new reveals or whatever, but I think there's just like a lot of games that I'm, already excited about that we're just going to learn a lot more about so i think i'm most excited about um tokyo game show well we have a big and then they, I, I they have a big okay. showing going uh for uh square enix is supposed to do this very big thing especially on mm-hmm. the 35th anniversary of overall final fantasy and and 25th of uh final fantasy 7 and then you also have capcom doing their own big thing um and then i know you Message me about um, is it Bandai Namco doing a big uh, Yakuza thing? So no, that's uh, that's Sega. But there there is a um, yeah, there's a big like Yakuza event that's gonna happen. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. So they also do uh, so. There's Yakuza, and then there's also uh, Judgment is another series that's kind of like in that. Um, because it's like set in the same universe or something. I'm not sure. I actually uh, haven't played those games. I do want to check them out at some point. But um, but what I hope we hear more about is the next, you know, mainline installment in the uh, Yakuza series, which should be, um, I guess that'll be Yakuza 8. Yakuza 7 was uh, Like a Dragon, and that's where it kind of changed yeah, they threw the, the numbers, battle system. They threw the numbers out the window. We just yeah, was, them I titles. think it was symbolic of, uh, uh, you know, them kind of changing the uh, the battle system to, so Like a Dragon, I guess it's, you know, like Dragon Quest, basically. Like, there's a lot of inspiration from the Dragon Quest old school, you know, kind of JRPG turn-based battle system so i think that's what they're trying to accomplish with with that title change but for the next for yakuza 8 i think they're gonna you know it's gonna be the same protagonist from like a dragon it's gonna be the same kind of turn-based battle system which i was a i was a big fan of so um and yeah that was my you know again game of the year whenever that game came out uh, like a dragon i've been telling you to play it for a while, you refused to accept my recommendation. It, it might, it, but there's that, still more that's time. Big, there's still time. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a that, so that's a game I'm like very very. That's like a top five, you know, most excited games. Uh, I'm looking forward to. So definitely eager to learn more about that one. All right, it does look like it's gonna be a, a big week for us. Also next week. Um, hopefully next weekend we're going to be doing the show from Nick's place. Uh, we're setting up a little studio. It's going to look a oh little... Oh my God. Yeah. It might look a little rough around the edges in the beginning, but you know, we, we always like to give uh, the best quality that we can, that we're capable of. So we're going to be working on that. Um, but next weekend we're going to be doing a, a live, well not a live show, a face-to-face show where we're, we're both going to be in the same room at the same time. Super excited for that. So it's a big week. TGS, 
face-to-face uh, pressing button show. Um, First in-person recording. There you go. Uh, that's and, great. And we've never met. A lot. No, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> um, but that does it for us. Uh, make sure you guys check out our uh, EVO 2022 video. It's a pretty nice video. Um, and keep up to date on our Discord for any pressing button news or, or just any shenanigans that we get into. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on episode 34 of Pressing Buttons. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Layla, and our show art is done by D-Pass Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.